0: And now, our next question from the Obsessed with Marvel. Test your knowledge of the Marvel Universe handbook. We go to, out of 2,500 possibilities, question 1,990. And if I had that pre-selected, we'd be there by now. Oh, we're here. And it looks like it falls under Marvel Knights. And we're not talking about day versus night, but the... Day man. Uh, Uh, K-N-I-G-H-T. Okay. And the question reads... From which phobia does the sentry suffer? And help me God to pronounce these correct. We start with Acrophobia. That's or fear is of spiders. it spiders? Okay. Agoraphobia. I think that was Fear of Spiders. Uh, no arachnophobia. Claustrophobia. And then arachnophobia. Okay. So the sentry suffers from some kind of phobia according to this question. Acrophobia, agoraphobia. Claustrophobia. And arachnophobia. Is
1: agoraphobia when you're afraid of arugula?
0: No, I thought it was like angora sweaters, to be honest. Well, well, that was a guess. I wasn't being honest. I don't know what I was being. All right, let's get some guesses in here.
1: I'm going to tap out on this one because I have no earthly idea. I just know it's not arachnophobia. So my guess is going to go over to Frank. Frank, claustrophobia.
0: Claustrophobia. Okay. I'm going to go with agoraphobia. So which button do I hit? A, B, C, or D? We'll go with, we'll, we'll say what what C was, claustrophobia. Okay, here we go. No, it's not claustrophobia. It is B, agoraphobia. How can I get credit for that if I hit the wrong answer? <sighs> so be it. That was a guest privilege. All right, let's do one more because we have our guest, and we're going to go to question 861. I hope it's about Machine Man. Oh, <laughs> 861, come on down. This comes, this comes under the Avengers. 861, oh, geez, it's a long worded one. Is this like the uh, Danny Rand one? Yes, it is. Boy, that was a fun one. That was. Two days later. uh, Two days later, we got the answer. I think we got it right, too. From the series' early stories, the Avengers' sinister counterparts were a team of supervillains known as the Masters of Evil. Baron Heinrich Zemo founded the original Masters, and his son Helmut later took over leadership. Helmut conceived a plan whereby he and his new Masters of Evil would pose as superheroes in order to win the public's trust. Thus, the Masters of Evil became the Thunderbolts. And in parentheses, Avengers Thunderbolts number one 2004. And the notorious supervillains, the Beetle, the Fixer, Goliath, Moonstone, and Screaming Mimi, became respectively Mach One, Techno, Atlas, Meteorite, and Songbird. A lot of characters going on here. All right, writer Kurt Busiek and artist Mark Bagley, who created the series, would later have Avenger Hawkeye take over as leader, guiding the members toward becoming genuine heroes. The Thunderbolts have, nonetheless, usually been at odds with the law. Another version of the team was later organized by the outwardly reformed Norman Osborn, alias the Green Goblin. The question is, which Golden Age hero's identity did Helmut Zemo assume in Thunderbolts? Golden Age hero identity did Helmut Zemo assume in Thunderbolts? The Destroyer, Citizen V, The Witness, or The Black Marvel? Shot in the dark for me here.
1: I'm going with Black Marvel.
0: Black Marvel is registered, Frank. Do you have a guess?
2: I'll go with Citizen Z.
0: Citizen V. He for the says. Three of
2: us. We've got to get at least right. something Something's got to be paper, right. Scissors. Okay,
0: I have. To, uh, you know what? I'm going to say the witness. I'm going to hit C for the witness. Not the witness. The answer is Citizen V. Congratulations, Frank. Thank you. Obsessed with Marvel. In 2018, the Marvel Cinematic Universe turns 10 years old. Avengers Infinity War draws near. And in an attempt to make sense out of all that's happened up to this point, we find two intrepid individuals. Peter Melnick, local newspaper production associate and mild-mannered comic book and podcast enthusiast. And Eddie Wilson, morning radio announcer in Sullivan County, upstate New York, with an inordinate amount of catching up to do in his own comic book universe. Alone, they stand apart. Duh. But together, they are the Marvelists. And there came a day, a day unlike any other, when Earth's mightiest heroes and heroines found themselves united against a common threat. On that day, the Avengers were born to fight the foes no single superhero could withstand. Through the years, their roster has prospered, changing many times, but their glory has never been denied. Heed the call, then. For now, the Avengers assemble.
1: Welcome, everyone, to The Marvelists, the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm Peter Melnick. And
0: I'm Eddie Wilson.
1: And first off, before we get into the whole rigmarole and introducing our guest for this episode and our discussion of Avengers
0: Age of Ultron.
1: We are going to give you people how you can find this show on social media and how you can listen. Well, first off, you can go on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Marvelous. You can find us on the Twitter at The Marvelous. You can find myself at Peter Melnick, yourself at Ewilson959. You can also find us on Instagram where we're sharing some pretty funny stuff at The Uh, marvelous. And also we want to thank people on Facebook for helping boost us up to over 1,000 likes. And we also want to thank the person who won the Marvel Stan Lee Captain America pop vinyl. Congratulations to you. Obviously we're totally not recording this episode before we actually draw a winner but I digress. (laughs) You sure do. (laughs) Also you can find us on a wide variety of different listening platforms. You can find us on Stitcher Radio. Available for all iOS and Android devices. You can find us on iTunes. When you're on iTunes, rate, review, subscribe. Five star if you enjoy this show. And also, by the way, drop us a line in our email bag, themarvelists at gmail.com. And by the way, drifting back over there to that thing about Stitcher, Eddie. Mm-hmm. You like Stitcher, don't you? I do. You enjoy, you know... We both have Stitcher Premium memberships. You know, we get to listen to all of our favorite shows on Stitcher, commercial-free and all that
0: good stuff. It is a lot of good stuff.
1: And I've been listening, and so have you, to Wolverine the Long Night. We're both enjoying it. It's Marvel's new foray into the world of podcasting. Obviously, there's This Week in Marvel and other, you know, fine programs by Marvel. But I really dig the new show, Wolverine the Long Night. And it's currently available for Stitcher Premium subscribers. And... We've got something special for you people out there. Last week, we revealed that we have the ability to get you one month free of Stitcher Premium. When you go to stitcher.com slash premium and you use the promo code Marvelous at checkout, guess what happens? What then? happens, Peter? You get a free one month of Stitcher Premium, and you can get to listen to the brand new Wolverine, The Long Night.
0: Don't forget that space for that colon. Respect the colon.
1: Respect the colon, respect the hyphen. you got to respect them all. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Eddie, it's it's pretty great. So when you, like I said, Stitcher.com slash premium, the promo code? Marvelists. There we go. Pluralize it, please. Exactly. So Eddie, first off, we are joined for this discussion of 2015's Avengers Age Voltron with a very special guest.
0: Introduce the man. This is Frank Rupp. Frank, thanks for coming down and, and talking to us about this particular movie.
2: Oh, you're very much welcome.
0: You know what? Frank has a story, and I didn't prep him for it, but he, he is in tune, in touch with the Marvel cinematic universe, the comic book universe, and could probably go A to Z, toe to toe with anybody with discrepancies and so on. But Frank, I'm proud to say, at least for some period in his life, was the proud owner of more than one copy of Incredible Hulk number 181.
1: How many did you have? Had three. Hot damn but that was a while ago. A do, long while ago. Do you, st- do you have at least one? No. You don't even have a reprint? No. I'm just shaking my head. I don't know why. It's just, you know, there are no words. That's pretty impressive, though. Like, how... When did you acquire your first one, and how much was it?
2: I really wish I could remember, but I remember going down to Joe Roters in Monticello and buying one, and my brothers each bought one, so we had three of them.
1: So you literally got them off, like, the rack?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, that is cool.
0: Twenty-five cents each. Well, who knew? Somebody knew a lot later, but we won't go there. Only the shadow knows. Uh, if only, if only. So we we you know we we're, we're in the presence of some kind of comic royalty. We are. There's no someone who actually had. I thought I was in the presence of one, uh, an issue 181 that was at a uh, White Plains kind of a con, a one day thing. But upon closer examination, I could see on the cover something didn't look right, and it was the words because it was, I believe, in German. <laughs> And that's why the guy wanted $75 for it.
1: All right, guys. So the big news as of this recording on Stone Cold Steve Austin Day 316, we actually have the new trailer that dropped today for Avengers Infinity War. And it dropped. And immediately afterwards, tickets went on sale for the movie. Guys, what did you think of
0: the trailer? I saw it. Unreal. I just wow, wow, and wow. Wow. Because th- three possible Now it's been talked about uh, Of a Marvel character Experiencing permanent death As the Russo brothers are in- intimating And I
1: tweeted my pick today And I su- You did You it's did a very bold one Because um, no one's thinking this And I'm i I think it's the,
0: the guy With the purple and the arrows oh. Yes But um, From seeing the trailer And I don't think this is a spoiler There were scenes where It looked like it could have been The end for Thor Iron Man And Captain America Could this be the end? Where'd that come from? From the mouth of Melnick. It did. I think, okay. Frank, you didn't see the trailer by any chance, did you?
1: You might have just recently seen it, so you have that, you know, brand new look of it all.
2: (laughs) It'll It'll prove to be interesting.
1: Why do you say that? I mean,
2: Thanos, I never remember being all that powerful, but the Infinity Gauntlet's supposed to give him all the powers, but yet he does not have all the stones, so the gauntlet is pretty much incomplete.
1: Yeah. I would say... There's some very bold things that they showed in the trailer. And if I remember correctly, they don't show the scene with Thanos throwing the moon, do they? No. No. Because that's, you know, they're showing it in the uh, Entertainment Weekly magazine. They're apparently showing it in the India commercials. They're like showing it all over random spots,
0: but not in the U.S. Interesting, is right. In India. Yeah, I'm surprised. Well, maybe they have moon throwing more frequently in India. No, I'm (laughs) kidding. I have no idea. What do you mean? I don't even remember seeing him throw the moon before. Galactus does stuff like that. Jeez. Well, I mean, you know, Infinity Gauntlet. Just
2: Whatever. To end, to what the whole reason Thanos starts the war is to impress the entity of death.
1: mm mm-hmm. his, his, The love of his life who doesn't love him but somehow loves Deadpool.
2: Huh. <laughs> Figure that one out for a second.
1: <laughs> N- no. on. <Yeah, laughs> smells like a burrito.
0: Yeah, well, death, warm, death warmed
1: over. Imagine what Thanos smells like.
0: No, I'd rather not.
1: <laughs> he smells like grapes.
0: Surprising. Raisins. <laughs> dried like, pruny it like,
2: smells like methane from sitting on titan too long <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's very very possible but yeah so seeing like the encounters and the interactions between the guardians and the avengers i loved the hell out of that i thought it was mm-hmm. great yeah the just the aspect of seeing you know we haven't seen the one encounter that i've wanted to see more than anything and that is Iron Man, and Rocket Raccoon. I want to see that
0: movie. Oh, really? Anything. Okay. Well, now that you mentioned that two-part of the trailer, I remember now is Star-Lord and Iron Man, and I forget who else, trying to determine who was going to call the shots. Your idea is good, but it sucks. Yeah, you know, um, two two heads kind of butting up against each other to be leading this, and yeah, that ought to be interesting for sure.
2: Well, Rocket and Star-Lord already have an issue about who's in control to begin with.
1: Yeah. See, with this movie, I'm wondering how the tone of that those characters are going to be, because we're not seeing the characters done by director James Gunn. Instead, it's going to be somebody, you know, completely different. The yeah. Russo brothers. Yeah. Will they understand how those characters work, you know, based on the Guardians? Will they be able to emulate that same style? That's my biggest concern. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's going to be in the theater dressed as Star Prince, you know, <laughs> it's going to be, I'm going to be a little on edge the entire movie not the entire movie but up to a certain point.
0: Keep your blaster down and and ho- and holstered. I'll hold, with on, the, to, with I'll the safety hold on to my
1: on. orb. <sighs> okay. So keep my walkman in check. And other jokes. Anyway, so mm. I think one of the things though is we're also like we said, we're getting the discussion of who might die because of the definitive death. Correct? That's the phrase. That yes, the per- permanent game? death. Permanent death. And I tweeted today my prediction for the R.I.P.D. in Infinity War. And the one I'm going with is Hawkeye. Because we haven't seen anything of the character. And if this is the case, the reason being is it's going to be a quote-unquote heroic death. He's going to sacrifice himself for the greater good. Because I guarantee in the commercials we're going to see Guardians fighting him. You know, like more so. And they're... Oh my God, could Star-Lord die? Could Gamora die? Could Drax and his
0: sensitive nipples die? We don't know. But <laughs> but because of that, no, I thought uh, Hawkeye, I don't know. I mean, yes, he sacrificed, who was about to sacrifice himself as he was saving the last child from the city of Segovia in in Ultron that we're getting into. But then Quicksilver jumped in and took about half a dozen bullets from Ultron's ship that he was piloting.
1: He's my favorite bullet pincushion. He really is. He's
0: got it. Uh, he is. That's his,
1: that's his one other power.
0: But Hawkeye, the last we saw, was the proud father of a new child, a third child in the family, Nathaniel Pietro Barton. Yeah. So in honor of Quicksilver, I think they came up with the middle name.
1: Giving this character, though, all these little things like, you know, a family and doing this, you're building and showing more of a human side to him, right? Yep. And it's going to make it even more emotionally impacting when you kill him.
0: Oh, and that's, that's what we want to do. That's, okay.
1: that's what they want to do. They want to elicit that response from the audience, and I think right. that's what they're going for.
0: Well, I honestly can't tell you who I think will die, but Frank, you told me off mic earlier what you had heard about a possible permanent a war death.
2: Machine will probably be the most expendable right off the bat. That
1: one, yeah, I can see that.
2: Hawkeye, remember for Civil War, they bring him out of retirement because he was already done. He hung up the bow, and they went and, get, they went and had him help. Cap was looking for help from one Godhawk Hawkeye.
0: Well, why why would it be War Machine? Not be not because he was already severely injured. Is that why, or with his funky robot
2: legs? With his robot legs, yeah. <laughs> but in the comic, that is like the lead death leads off with War Machine.
0: Okay, going by that by that premise, all right. I can see that. Which which may or may not happen because they've been known to deviate from the line of the story.
2: <laughs> I mean, Thor. If you're trying to kill a god, that would be pretty difficult.
0: Yeah. Got an eye out of
1: him, for Ragnarok. But evidently, his eye comes back because you've seen some of like the pictures and the video. He has the eye back, doesn't he? I
0: I'm not. I should pay more attention to that. I since I've had you eye can issues eye myself. Out for it. Oh, hey. look out! Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I'll be watching.
1: <laughs> All right, Fury. Did Any... you see that? <laughs> what? You didn't see that coming. And my favorite one.
0: Where's the Mandarin? It's, it's a running theme. Rookie. Yes. <laughs> That is our go-to impression, I'm realizing now. It is. America. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, man. But, yeah, I think they're going for a a death like that. They want to make something impactful, and it's either going to be Hawkeye or War Machine. War Machine, I didn't even think of until you said that. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, they would do that. They really would because he did all these sacrifices for Tony Stark. He lost his legs for this guy. He will lose his life to save Tony Stark. Calling it now, that that's.
0: You're recalling calling it now. It sounds like it's a. It's a.
1: Hey, you
2: can have multiple deaths in this <laughs> movie. You've got a,
0: You've got a neck and neck answer. there
2: should be multiple deaths. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I could see Iron Man being up there on the on, on the, the list.
0: Abilities. Yeah,
1: I've been I've been flip flopping on him because for some reason I don't know. I just feel there's no way they can do it. Like, this is all a big ruse. He's always, oh, he's, he's leaving after 10 years. Oh, sure well. I, I think it's...
0: You know, we know. talked about that in the last episode, Cast, and yeah, that's a that's a component if you look at it on that side of the contractual stuff. But these are the movies, and it's not because the character is not going to... There shouldn't be a direct parallel. I'm I'm just trying to be on the opposite side of it. Plus, you had also mentioned about the... Real possibility of it being Cap and having Falcon step up into the role as Captain America. Yeah. So we've got we've got a, we've got four possibilities here.
1: I feel like that they're foreshadowing things with the way the comics are now. Like they're saying, "Oh, yeah, like you know, like you just brought up my theory from the last time. Falcon got made into Captain America. Why do they do that in the comic? Unless they're going to do something down the line in mm-hmm. the in the movies, you know? Because they always. Do something very subtle that hints towards the future of the movie. Yep, correct.
2: Well, Tony Stark is no longer Iron Man either in the comics.
1: He's like he's—I believe—is he still uh, artificial he, intelligence? Like he's a computer or something now in Ironheart? I'm
2: not, I'm not sure.
1: Because I've heard about that. I've seen you know when Iron Man made era uh, Ironheart made a cameo in Amazing Spider-Man not too long ago. I'm like, oh, or Spectacular. Okay. Like, oh, cool. Question mark.
2: But uh, yeah, in the movies. Why do you need Tony Stark to begin with? Iron Man is pretty much AI on its own. Pepper Potts was Iron Man in Iron Man 3. So he is actually, out of all of them, Mm. probably the most useless one because...
1: You're breaking my heart right now because (laughs) I'm realizing that you're right.
2: (laughs) Iron Man is important, but Tony Stark is no longer Iron Man.
0: Man. (laughs) And then we'll talk about Veronica. Veronica. And Hulkbuster. Now, tell me that Santa isn't real, because I want to hear that one next. <laughs> Ooh,
1: Santa. I want to hear he's not real next. But. This is a gem of an episode already. Dag Well, what I'm wondering with this movie as well is, originally they were saying this was going to have, like, a, more characters than already were there. Like, they're going to have more well, and more and more. Like, wasn't it, like, over 100 characters or something? Uh, I remember that
0: please. news release getting, you know, put brought out. I'm like, oh, wow. Well, when you're combining the Avengers and the Guardians and the bad people and what, yeah. yeah, about twenty five.
2: Well, <laughs> in, in the comics, wasn't it the Avengers and the X Men had to defeat Thanos? Correct. And oh. but yeah, because of movie rights, that is not going to happen as of now.
1: And we always, you know, talk to people about this. We want to know what do you think is going to be the next big bad after once Phase Four starts? Because after after Thanos, what do we have?
2: A new Marvel's the next one, right? Ah, uh, yeah. Say-
0: yeah, but could Captain
1: Marvel be a villain? That's going to be interesting when she well, shows up.
0: Well, yeah, we just don't know which side to to begin with. Well, whose uh, side is she on? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm thinking Kree is going to show. You know, that's significant. Plus, you're also going to probably hear see further development of the Adam character, aka Warlock. I shall call him Adam. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, that will be for Guardians three.
1: Oh yeah,
0: but you know, this will cross into it as well. And we need to talk about the final stone.
1: Where do you think the final stone is?
2: I have not even... Could not even imagine, because they're not showing anything with this. It'd be a total guess.
1: Isn't it... Well, I it mean, was there's behind... No, there's, no,
2: there's no hint. There's not any sign of it, unless th- that is the one maybe Thanos already possesses.
0: The soul gem. It's in the couch cushion. <laughs> I doubt it. But I, I actually had thought possibly it would be in the... Cocoon of of Adam. That's a really good guess. I like that. I can definitely not to see not that. to mimic you know the Vision thing, but but it makes sense in the regeneration cradle. What color is the soul uh, gem again? Is it orange? I think. I think it is orange. Okay.
1: And what color is Adam Warlock? Yellowish
0: orange. So we're in the neighborhood so... because the yellow was the Mind Stone, which is in the Vision. Correct. Yep. Yeah.
1: And. You know, when we talked a little bit about Black Panther when that came out, we were also, you know, like, hey, is the soul gem going to show up in this movie? And I was one of the people that, you know, the panther serum. I thought, oh, that's that. And I'm like, wait a minute. Purple was Guardians.
0: That's power. That's yeah. power. You know, you know, that was the thing, too, if we didn't touch on it in reviewing. When I finally saw Black Panther, that was probably the most disappointing thing I thought about the movie was losing the power by drinking the, the elixir and getting it back the same way like wait a minute just, just, he's just gonna pee it out it's yeah. like <laughs> a Jekyll and Hyde thing almost but not quite with the uh, ugly hairdo or whatever <laughs> Just a terrible hairstyle but just woke up and nothing to do with it you know <laughs> can't do a thing with it got my long sideburns
1: and my hair slicked back what the hell <laughs> but anyway I think one of the things though about the whole trailer also is like I said the team-ups and As I've discussed on previous episodes from the D23 San Diego Comic-Con footage, the Doctor Strange-Star-Lord team-up is one of the biggest examples of why I'm excited for this. Just seeing, you know, Doctor Strange making the little platforms and Star-Lord jumping and shooting his element guns at, you know...
0: And there's a stone, too, right in the Eye of Agamotto, the time stone, right? The green one? Hello, Mata. Hello, Agamotto. (laughs) Sur- Whoa, that was a There's a stretch. Dud. There's a stretch, and if you do make it to the the Albany Comic Con, I think I will make an appearance as Reed Richards, speaking of stretch. And a, a certain star prince might be showing up. Might. You never know. It's a, it's a mathematical certainty before the Titanic went down. <laughs> huh, that's what he said.
1: He did. He did. And then, but yeah. he, and then he went... <laughs> And with the release for the trailer for Avengers Infinity War, we also got to see the brand new poster for it, which, as a design major, I love the hell out of it, love everything about it, but one of the things that's most important about it is we saw some of the cast, Yeah. and very small in the middle, very hidden away, Ant-Man. The name. Ant-Man,
0: no. I don't know, you said very small, that's why I went... We're very
1: close with the concept of very small. Okay. Peter Dinklage's name was in there. Oh, yes. Peter Dinklage, you may know... He's just vertically as... challenged, come on from Game of Thrones, who plays one of the Lannisters, I believe. You believe? I have to go with you on that. One of the things about this is no one knows what his role is going to be. People have been guessing. Some people have said Modoc. Some people have said this. Some people have said that. Modoc. For me, I'm going with this as much as I don't want to because he's been known as an actor who doesn't want to do cliche roles, so he doesn't want to play a character who's supposed to be their main attribute as being a dwarf. They don't want to be this. So big stilts. What I'm going with this? If you've read the original Infinity Gauntlet story, there was a little troll character. You know who I'm talking about in the opening scenes.
0: Well, I know a troll character that was associated with Pip the Troll. troll. Okay, that sounds right. What was associated with Warlock? If I'm correct, yeah, I think it's him. Okay. Sure. Because it's as every, good as any guess is going to be at this point in the broadcast. I'm
1: just wondering why no one suggested that one. Every single person has been, oh, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. But not him? Oh, no, he won't do that. No, he would. If you're getting the Marvel money, yeah, he will do it.
0: Okay, pip- maybe.
1: I'm thinking Pip the Troll.
0: Let's, let's Pip the
1: Troll? You heard it here, maybe 34th. Peter, said, first, 34th.
0: Peter said Pip, okay, two, P, one, P to the other, okay.
1: So also, a lot of people, like I said are wondering what's going to happen with the overall story of Infinity War.
0: Okay, I thought it was the overall story of Black Widow and the Hulk. No. Sorry. But... Run with it.
1: I want to know. So we know it's the gathering of the Infinity Stones. It's the battle between them. But what is going to be the main overall story of the movie, do you think? Because we know and we don't at the same time.
0: Ultimate power. Who gets it to use however they want?
1: Yourself?
2: Well, I'm wondering if he's going to go with the storyline that, that he's doing this to appease the love of his life. Mm-hmm. So, is that why he's decided that Earth is now the realm he has to inflict as much damage and death upon? But knowing mm-hmm. that how movies go, we all know Infinity War is going to be the first one's going to be the battle where nobody's going to be winning in the end. Thanos will be winning when it closes. And then the second part will be the redemption factor of the heroes coming through.
0: Which I think they may have changed. I was talking to Trey Stone at work today, and I think they changed to to not have it be Infinity War Part Two. It'll yeah, be it under. It was originally
1: d- going to be Infinity War Part Two. and Now yeah. it's just untitled Avengers, Avengers movie. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There you go.
1: So I'm thinking the reason we don't know a title of it is because the movie hasn't come out yet, and it might be like maybe Re- Avengers Revenge of the Clones or so. I don't freaking oh, stop. Know. <laughs> But the reason we don't know a title, which we should know by now, because you know, if if it had nothing to do with that, wouldn't we know by now? Yeah.
0: Because well, uh-huh.
1: we knew Guardians Volume Two, I believe, a full year before the movie came out. We knew, you know, Thor Ragnarok. How long beforehand? Like two, three years.
0: Yeah, probably. But I thought that they might. It might be a two-year gap from Infinity War to the no. storyline that'll continue. I would, that I would
2: almost imagine it's already been filmed. Oh, it, had, most it, of, it because just For the amount of cast you have to get them out yeah. of there, you know, to get them together. Yeah. Especially, uh, yeah, they Chris wrap Pratt, shooting. You know, Chris Pratt's already in how many other movies? So you're just not going to say, oh, come here and do this.
0: Yeah, no, Jurassic World yeah. sequel. Yeah.
1: Jurassic World, Passengers, other movies. He does a lot.
2: So, he, you know, if you got him there on set, I imagine you're going to push as much as you can. Hmm.
1: Going back to our episode from last week with Guardians of the Galaxy, when you saw this, when you saw Guardians for the first time, did you expect Chris Pratt to be the breakout star out of everyone in the Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe?
2: That was definitely surprising.
1: Did, uh, were you aware of his work before seeing him in Guardians? Cause
2: no, but I mean, he's part from Park and Rec and exactly. I... Exactly. Yes.
1: And it's just like, that guy became one of the biggest stars in Hollywood, and it's It's one of the coolest and the most absolutely insane things to see.
2: Well, what about Robert Downey Jr.? He did not have that many big roles before Iron Man.
1: No, he had a career, but he screwed himself over. He shot himself in the foot with his drug and alcohol addiction, and this move—the Iron Man movies—were his redemption. And he, because you know, he saw himself in that character.
2: (laughs) I mean, could anybody name six movies he was in before Iron Man? Six? Six? Not
0: off the top of my head. Only You. Huh? Only You with Marissa Tomei. No, not only you, Frank, good name. I mean the movie called Only You with Marissa Tomei.
2: Was his breakout role Less Than Zero?
0: Um, I believe so. That was his breakout
2: role. And then... um,
1: Which, fun fact, is actually a prequel to American Psycho?
2: Well, it's written by by Elias. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the one with Wesley Snipes, the sequel to um, The Fugitive. They made
1: a sequel to The Fugitive? Yes,
2: more on Tommy Lee Jones' character. The Marshal. U.S. Marshal. U.S. marshals, U.S. Marshal. Robert Downey was the FBI agent that was with him that was part of the conspiracy. Oh, my.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. R- random skits on SNL. <laughs>
2: yeah. That too. So, I mean, Iron Man was his big chance. I've, I've always found it funny, by the way,
1: he used to be an SNL cast member back in the 80s. And when you really think about it, there's a whole, mo- there's a whole superhero franchise built around a former SNL cast member. That's like, you know, having like Will Ferrell be the main guy in charge of like a whole, you know, cinematic universe. It's <laughs> so strange to me when you really think about it. Yeah. What I like though is he had his redemption. Chris Pratt has his now, you know, first big chance in Hollywood really, you know, to be something. And he's grabbed the brass ring. He absolutely did. I would say the last 10 years of Marvel Studios have been fantastic and, you know, to see what's next. The next 10, the next 20, the next 30.
0: Whoa, slow down. Hey, just saying. Just saying. Usually it's the next five we've got to deal with first.
1: We got, our, we got our phases. And actually, so...
0: And they're set on stun. You guys are saying
1: the Kree might be the next uh, big phase villain for phase four?
2: Well, I really, uh, I really, I think, what do they have if Marvel doesn't get the X-Men rights back and they've played the Avengers out, where the Fantastic Four has always been a cinematic flop. Nobody seems to have any <laughs> luck with that.
1: I've discussed on the show before the reason why they don't do it is because of the fact they don't realize the Fantastic Four are not a superhero team. They're an adventure team. They're like the challengers of the unknown. They're like this. They're like that. They're not superheroes. They're a family. You know what I mean? And none of these people have gotten that
0: point. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I think that you might be, or we might sort of kind of be on to something Cree wise And then I'm thinking Cree skrull War. Which would be a big thing as well. Star
2: Jammers would be. Excellent. Okay.
1: And you've got. Well, but aren't the Star Jammers linked over to um, X-Men. You know, the X Men?
2: Yes, because the one is. Uh, Scott's, the dad. Scott's, Scott's dad. Scott's father. Yeah. The- yeah. Cyclops. yeah. yeah the guy one. Scott and Alex's father, yes.
0: But now, you know, Thanos, to me, partially resembles a scroll because of the multiple lines in his chin. So maybe that is a natural progression.
1: I still say we haven't heard anything about the Fantastic Four movie rights in a very long time. And I think, regardless of the whole potential Disney-Fox buyout, what I'm thinking is, the rights for the Fantastic Four transferred back over to Marvel, and no one said a single thing. <laughs> because we're getting up to Phase 4, and what would be the perfect announcement? Kevin, I've said on the show before, Kevin Feige on the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, at D23 goes, Ladies and gentlemen, the number four is very important into the Marvel, Marvel Universe. And right behind him, you just see a white circle... ...behind him, and then slowly a blue number four just dissolves into the shot. Uh, Yeah. And then we could have the big bad be Galactus. I've wanted to see that for so long, and it would be perfect.
0: Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Let's keep our hopes up for that. Because, like I said, they they really haven't brought anything up about, you know, a new Fantastic Four movie. Nothing's been said. Like, the last time was the, uh... How long ago was, like, maybe a year ago, about... We're gonna make a young Fantastic Four now. It's gonna be them as little kids or something. Oh jeez,
0: I didn't even know about that. I thought I thought we talked about whether it was no not on this but on the other podcast. Power pack.
1: Yeah. Being I, and I also brought I've, into something yes. I said in an earlier episode I feel like one of the next phases in Marvel, we're going to see the Power Pack involved. Power Pack will make you know appearance, you know, very soon.
0: And I that'll think. bring you into with Franklin Richards and boom, Fantastic Four and you're there. because. Mm-hmm. Marvel. On your been, next step, Kevin Bacon. Yep.
1: <laughs> I've also said, you know, like I said, their publications—they always tend to hint towards what the future could be. Their toy lines, their books, and obviously the books, because that's their main—that's where everything comes yep. from. Yep. But I feel what they're doing is they're teasing towards things with the, you know, re-releases of paperbacks, and I've been seeing a ton of Power Pack books coming out. Oh I'm, my. Okay. Why are these coming out now? And it's not because of the whole, you know oh, it's for little kids to read. No, it's not. It's Those books are still very dense to read for a little kid. They're you know, very exposition heavy because that's what a lot of 80s, 70s, and 60s books are.
0: That was another, I believe, 60-ish, 60-ish issue run. Yeah. Because I do remember that. Actually, they're probably the precursor to the later ones that came out because Power Pack was in the about mid-80s, maybe 82 or so. It started 83. Right. And had that, that run I initially and I got some at that time and then I went up finishing the run. Is it a good series to read? Because I've heard... Like, what I had effects. read, yes, before I had stopped, yes. Definitely skewed younger and all. Yeah. But but here, you know, once in a while you get a little injection of something adult or get across into more adult stuff and that kind of thing. But then later, you know, like it was said, the, the Submariner had a 62-issue run as well as Guardians of the Galaxy from the 1990s. And the title that I couldn't think of at the time was The New Warriors. Same idea which is somewhat reflected now in like the 2014 time period with short restarts of titles that go for 12 or 14 issues and then start over again no sense does it make to me but I digress though also
2: well i mean you've just listed a whole bunch of other places marvel can go i mean submariner he's not been mentioned any place yet
1: i know like the main reason why they haven't done anything with him is his film rights are still tied up with universal and so are Hulks. So maybe, you know, they could figure something out.
2: What about Alpha Flight? Yeah. Could you tie him with Wolverine if you can get Wolverine because he's the original project from him. Yeah. I just want to see Sasquatch.
0: <laughs> and what about the, and there, Puck, the small guy. There's another little, well, little role.
2: What, the new Puck, right? His daughters.
0: I don't know. I didn't know there were new newer characters in that in that team.
2: But now. But they've said not, they're not going to do another Hulk movie. So now Hulk is out of the picture. You kill off a few Avengers. Well, so I, I,
0: well I, oh, wait, so maybe not another Hulk movie, but you still have Ruffalo in other movies. Yeah. I'm yes, all, but I mean. He's still got a contract kind of thing, I guess. Right,
2: but we're just talking about where they're going to go. If they're yeah. not going to do another Hulk movie solo. Okay. It does, that takes an option away from them. They've said they don't want to do a Black Widow solo. They've now put Daredevil and Luke Cage on Netflix. So you're taking you're taking more and more characters away. So you got to figure out who you're gonna.
1: In the interest of fairness, we haven't heard exactly if any of the Netflix characters are going to show up on, in you know, Infinity War. We don't know. They might make a cameo.
0: Huh. Well, we would know by probably what what type of costume they're wearing, I guess.
1: In one of the uh, recent Lego sets that just came out for uh, Infinity War, one of the, there's like a little newspaper you see on like a newspaper machine, and in there. It references, I believe, either Daredevil or the Avengers, or not the Avengers, the
0: Defenders. Defenders. So, wow. are
1: hmm. it's one of those. Pay attention just a little bit. It might be that they might leave like a little Easter egg. You never know. Like, oh, there's other superheroes around. We just yeah. don't know them yet.
2: Well, and then, I mean, the true Defenders are what: Hulk, Doctor Strange, Valkyrie. Which they've now MCU has used all three of those characters. Yep. So you'd just be adding. Either Hellcat or Nighthawk. And they have the original Defenders.
1: They have Hellcat in Jessica Jones, I believe. Uh, Patty Walker. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Which, by the way, we haven't discussed it because I'm so far behind on the Netflix stuff. I need to finish the last episode of Daredevil Season 2. But Jessica Jones Season 2 apparently dropped and it kind of bums me up because hearing it's not that good kind of really broke my heart. Don't believe the hype. Jessica, well, yeah. See it to believe it. Jessica Jones Season 1, though, out of everything I've ever seen from Marvel Studios, it surpasses the Marvel movies. That's just me. That's just my opinion. Okay. So, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking what's going to happen is we're going to see maybe scenes involving the characters. We're going to see, like, maybe, like, and this is what's going on, like, show a little TV. I think it would be hilarious. They show it on a TV, you know, or like on a a laptop. Oh, yeah. But you see the Defenders fighting, you know, off the uh, Thanos threat or whatever. Because you never know. They might do it. Yeah, okay. Throw Charlie Cox and all them, you know, a couple paydays. (laughs) Not the candy bar.
0: That's what I was thinking.
1: It's a good candy bar, though. It's a
0: good candy bar.
1: So now, guys, on to the main topic at hand. 2015's Avengers Age of Ultron. Guys, this is a very controversial movie, much like Iron Man 3 was, much like Thor The Dark World. Some people love it. Some people absolutely hate it. I'm in the like it realm. Not love it,
0: but I like it. It does start off with a big battle scene, you know, after you see the blue Tesseract and and you, you first see the twins, Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. So I think it was a great composite they did after you saw individual fightings. They all kind of come across the screen going left to right, and they're all kind of lined up. That was some good opening shots in the sequence.
1: And with this movie we get like a, we get the introduction of the proper introduction the full introduction of Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and I don't know like they're characters that are very much tangled up in the legal muck involving the Marvel Studios and the Fox Studios with the X-Men where you can have Quicksilver and I believe you can have Scarlet Witch in the X-Men
0: universe. Because she was introduced in the X-Men yeah. question mark, something comic I mean, book wise, or are you talking, you know This the whole legal battle. Yeah, that's that's part of what
2: Well the legal battle wasn't the character, but it's the name of Mutant. It's so strange. They like, cannot use mutant, they are enhanced. They are not Mutants.
1: Well in our last episode we ended up mentioning, you know, the concept of quote unquote miracles. Or the which one were they introduced in?
0: Uh it was the end of the Captain America movie? Yes, it was at, at the end Winter of the soldier. soldier.
1: Right. They yes. they use the word like I said. And I want to get your opinion on this. Why did they say miracle? Because it starts with an M. Is that you know the where they trying to like sneak that in like you know Trojan horse it in? They're not mutants. They're miracles. Yeah, miracles. That's the ticket.
2: We... I'm not. I'm not sure. Isn't it the same as the whole vibranium versus adamantium? You don't ever see them mentioning it in the Marvel the Marvel movies. Adamantium. Yeah. But vibranium is all the answer. Huh. <laughs> yes so is it i mean how much are they hitting to towards what i mean is it because they're just like well we're gonna argue what we have the legal rights to argue with
1: if it ever happens if the fox deal does go through and we get the x-men in the marvel cinematic universe how do you think they're going to introduce some of this stuff by the way is it going to be just a one two three thing or is it going to be very subtle, like slowly roll everything out over the course of time.
0: You know what? That could go either way. It depends on how much of a budget they have, I think. Well,
1: you, all of a sudden you just see a movie where it's like, hey, guys, by the way, adamantium,
2: mutants. Well, see you later. <laughs> well, see you I, later. I mean, as much as all the people don't want to hear it, this all comes to what they can sell. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And eventually every bubble bust. So when they finally get up with all these salaries and all of a sudden this, the return is not as great as they predict, these will be gone. Mm. And I know there's a lot of comic book geeks who heart just broke because they can't accept that fact, but this is the real world, and when it does not happen, this is, they'll be gone. And I think that's what they're trying to see. That's why the whole phase four is probably like, okay, how much market, does Infinity War two? well boy, that, I mean, oh, it made a lot of money, but yes, but it cost us all these salaries and all this effect. Mm-hmm. The profit margin has now come down. How much farther are we gonna push this issue? Contracts are a big deal. And, I mean, you're talking Scarlett Johansson, Robert Downey. I mean, these are serious actors who are getting paid serious money to be yeah. here now. Yep. I'm looking at Eddie, and I think Eddie's trying to realize that, yes, this bubble may burst.
0: Yeah, I'm the bubble burst guy.
2: <laughs> he does not look very happy.
0: <laughs> no, the glasses are off. Let the weeping begin.
1: The glasses are off. The anger is on.
0: jeez. Oh, you wouldn't like me when I'm hungry, by the way.
1: But yeah, one of the things, like I said, was the introduction of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. And I always found it hilarious that the character of Quicksilver in the Marvel Cinematic Universe is played by the actor who played Kick-Ass. And in the X-Men universe, the actor who plays Quicksilver is the best friend of Kick-Ass in the Kick-Ass movie. So to see them doing that is one of the funniest things. And since we saw this version of Quicksilver... Gentlemen, which do you prefer? Do you prefer the X-Men Quicksilver or do you prefer the Marvel Cinematic Universe Quicksilver?
0: Okay, on a tangent here, Um, go ahead, Frank, I'm thinking.
2: True to comic is a Marvel because Quicksilver was always the hothead. Yeah. He was oh, always, hell yeah. Al- always a hothead. And he was always borderline whether he was going to be good or evil. He kind of went with whatever was beneficial to him.
1: My favorite moment in this whole movie with Quicksilver with him showing that temper is when he gets shot at by the people... And he just looks like Whoa, what? What was that for, guys? Come on, yeah, I true. love that. It, that and it's reflective of what you just said.
0: I honestly think, though, just by looking at the screen presence of both of them, that Peter Evans X Men version entertainment wise was a must- seen more. So you you kind of got to get to know him a little bit more. I'm getting and, to know him. Omg. So I would go with Evan Peters. Really. Now, I think
2: he's more entertainment. I, I think yes. he's more enjoyable to watch as Quicksilver.
0: Yep. And it's just,
1: it's a interesting character. He's more complex, you know? Compare that to the one we have in this movie. He's not so much. It's just, I like my sister. It's about it. This is S.H.I.E.L.D.? It's Soviet, right? It's not and so bad. I
2: mean, and the Marvel, you don't have Magneto being the father, which everybody knows is the father of him. And the the X-Men, it's it's pretty much brought out that... Yeah. Yes. so They're a family. Unknown unknown here, you know. Is that going to be the next thing after, oh, look, Magneto shows up and these are his kids after the Infinity War?
0: (laughs) That's it. House of M. M for Magneto. Yes. That's what he prefers.
1: But yeah, you know, seeing that version of Quicksilver... Now, my opinion, I'm going to give the cop-out answer. I like them both equally. Because during this rewatch, I actually liked him a lot more, and it bummed me out knowing that we're not going to have any more Quicksilver in the Marvel, you know, cinematic universe.
0: And that was it. I was thinking they
1: killed him. Just a one and done. What you didn't see that coming? <sighs>
2: there is an alternative ending where he lives. So
0: that's what, yeah, that's what I've heard. What there got is... you know what got me was when they carefully laid him inside the transport that was taking them away, and Hawkeye was laying on a couple of seats, kind of right next to Parallel, made me kind of think. Well, maybe there's still kind of hope for. I,
1: I don't nope. know. Nope. Although, has it been reported at all for Infinity War if the actor who plays Quicksilver, which, what is his
0: name again? Because I'm just going to keep forgetting it. We haven't mentioned it once, so how could you forget it?
1: <laughs> Bob Johnson. Big McLarge Huge. Flab <sighs> Rock Punched Beef Stew. Aaron Taylor Johnson.
0: That's it, him. ATJ.
1: <laughs> you've been initialized. You've been saying it just like you've been friends for years.
0: <laughs> really? Well, since the movie came out, at least. I mean, so. ATG,
1: you know, just the good old days.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, so I would say, you know, we were, st- you know, they stole it from us that, you know, personality, we didn't really get to develop much of a, an emotional connection really with the character compared to, you know, all the other ones. Like by now, people are invested in Scarlet Witch, people are invested in, you know, the Vision and all these ones that haven't been around as long as the main guys, but they still got that connection from the audience. Yep. And, yeah, I just, I think the idea of Quicksilver, for example, in the, you know, the X-Men universe, I love that version because we got, you know, the humorous scenes involving, you know, Time in a Bottle by Jim Croce. Mm-hmm. We got, you know, the uh, Eurythmic Sweet Dreams, just stuff like that. That's cool. And, by, and I've always heard from people that it was a cop out by, you know, doing the Sweet dream scene with the slow motion because it was just a repeat of the previous movie.
0: So what? If, it's, if <laughs> it, it works, works, it works. You want to see it again in a little bit different context, there you go. And exactly. the next movie's going to be set in the 90s, so what
1: song could they go with that? You know what I mean? So what kind of music from the 90s? Oh, I'm sure we could come up with something
0: if we rack our brains. I'm thinking What is Love by Hathaway. Baby. I think it'd be funny. Don't hurt me. I don't know. No more. No, no more. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got to know a little bit of the ATJ character in the MCU <laughs> when he came out and said, you know, I'm 12 minutes older than you. Just go. I will protect the core, she says to her older brother by the way. Eddie, can you ask
1: for your bird, by the way? Where's my bird? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I want my bird. Let go of little things.
1: <laughs> With Elizabeth Olsen's character of Scarlet Witch, ha- you know, as readers of the comics, you know, what do you feel about her portrayal of the character?
0: Very good. Very good job. You know what? We get her first name. Her name Wanda is said, I think, only once. And who says it toward the end? Give me a U. Yeah, Ultron. I didn't say it. Oh, oh, Ultron. Uh, not sometimes Y-U, but the letter. A vowel, Vanna. Thank you. Wanda. Juanda. Yeah. That's the Spanish Ultron. We don't want that. One.
1: So I, I just think with her, you know, not giving the costume, by the way, the main, you know, the wacky little headdress thing, it yeah. worked not doing that, you know?
0: Absolutely. Because it was really all about the the power to do her hexing and that you know that red ish effect to to see that and and whoever she did hex their eyes would glaze red for a bit in the hulk's case a little more than that does she need a thing on her head to be you know this
1: supreme being no no and you know frank what did you think of her character
2: i mean i think it was a, a very good choice of an actress oh yeah and i think her character fits nicely So I could see, yeah, the red head, the headdress is not needed. I can understand that.
0: You want to make her more visually appealing, I think, as well. And you you want to do more function over
1: style. It doesn't matter, you know, oh, it wasn't wasn't accurate like the comic. So?
2: Who has been accurate like the comic? Mm
1: -hmm. Iron Man?
2: (laughs) I mean, that Thor? I mean, the X-Men, none of them were really as accurate as the comic. Wolverine has never been like in the comics. (laughs)
0: He starting with the first Spider-Man. There was some discrepancies. I mean, was a
2: Punisher too.
0: Oh gosh. Okay, we're all over the road here. We are. <laughs> That's okay. It's a good road.
2: But when I mean, Spider-Man, they haven't done that accurate yet since Homecoming.
1: They kind of have the webbing. That's about it. You know, yeah. on the arms, the armpits. Well, it's armpit not coming
0: webbing. out of his fingers, like from the very beginning. Well, not his fingers. It's coming out of his wrist. Fingertips. Seems- well, that too. You know. Ugh.
1: We might in the very near future. So we're still trying to figure out the future of the show, of what's going to happen after those movie, after the main Marvel Cinematic Universe. We might go through a Spider-Man rewatch very soon as well.
0: That's a possibility. We can do an X-Men phase. We can do other Marvel movies, and who knows? Put, are you How, sitting? Are you sitting down for this one now? How about we we go to the other side and become the DC Marvelous? <gasps> I said it. We'll do a Dark Knight phase. We'll do a... Now, Eddie, I'm sorry, but this is where we're going to have to have Civil War. Okay.
1: But... Wow. What are we? Some kind of Marvelists?
0: Some kind of cheap sellout? No. <laughs> honka <Hunker, hunker>.
1: Anyway. <laughs> Careful. I, I...
0: Don't put me up to that karaoke song. I can do that. But what
1: I, you know, what I like about this movie is also just the seas of, seeds of dissension that, you know, we're starting to see in the characters. Like, As we're, you know, doing the show, we have, playing in the background, Age of Ultron, and I just saw the one scene between Captain America and Iron Man. And furthermore, the seeds are being planted with the tension between them.
0: Absolutely. Duly noted, yes. Somewhere in these three pages of notes that I have.
1: It's a very, you know, not a bold decision because it's it's needed because we're coming up to Civil War. It's like very soon. I think it was the next year after this, wasn't it? 2016, Sounds right. Twenty sixteen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Because we're only hitting a couple more, and then we're we're at civil war.
1: And you know, I just I just feel by doing the tension between the characters, and also you start to see it with other members in the group, don't you? You start to see you know not everything is you know perfect here, and I like that.
0: No, it's really yeah, it's really there. There's there's a little friction with Thor and Stark for sure, but it seems like it's a growing relationship. Between, let's say, from the point of Avengers to now Avengers: Age of Ultron, between Banner and Stark, there's also Woman between the Black Widow and the Hulk. Yes, the fella done her wrong, and do we run with it or yeah?
1: Okay. I was actually surprised. Did they? They never did. Uh... The Hulk and Black Widow is a romantic couple in the comics, correct? Not that I know of.
2: Not that I know of, but honestly, wasn't the Hulk gone by the second comic, the second Avenger comic? The Hulk was no longer in the group.
1: Yeah, he... he yeah. The dumb the Avenger Avengers
2: left.
0: Self- yeah, know? the dumb Avenger. The stupid but the Aven- Avenger.
2: But the Avengers have always had a changing roster.
0: Yeah, they would all go so long and then it would be time to shake it up again.
2: Iron Man and Cap- Captain America doesn't come to what, Avenger number five?
0: I believe five? Four, four.
2: Four or five,
0: right? We
1: yep. know this because of an episode where we had a trivia question for that, so we know that offhand. Oh,
0: yeah, we got that one down. It's number four. In fact, I have a previous cell phone cover that has that exact thing.
2: So maybe Hawkeye won't die, and he'll go make the West Coast Avengers like... that could,
1: That's a bold prediction, too. I, I actually like that. And that's got to be worth a pretty penny, also, that
0: Avengers number four.
1: Oh, yeah, it's the, you know, bringing... You know, good old winghead into the Marvel, you know, oh, yes. continuity back in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and I would say the level of interactions between the characters also. We're getting more of a backstory, and what did you guys think about the? We've got more of Black Widow, and one of the things is, and some some people have heavily criticized this the aspect of her. Being, what was, what was it with, uh, she can't have children. She's, she got sterilized. Yeah, sterilized. This, that, the other, like she's a monster because she's that.
0: She says, now do you think you're the only monster on the team? Yeah,
1: and I ah. Uh... There are elements of the Marvel universe, Cinematic Universe where it holds up and where it doesn't. Well, you know... That part of her backstory doesn't hold up to me.
0: That's just, really, guys? You're you're seeing more of these other characters, in part because of the Scarlet Witch putting a hex on them. You know, and I think she did pretty much hit everybody. So you've got some kind of a... Not Squirrel Girl. Flashback or... No, not Squirrel Girl. But with Captain America taking it back to kind of a what-if thing. If uh, the war was over, he did get to dance with Peggy Carter... But then the ballroom that they were in is empty. Turns into a ballroom blitz. No, just the opposite. Thor, having some kind of weird dream nightmare, he has to go into some you know waters of purification, and he somehow is able to see the, stone. the stones. I think three or four at the start, or at this point, that's how many are shown, and that's where he's able to come back and help to, or to energize the, uh, the vision. Iron Man sees that he killed everybody because of what he did, or, you know, the aftermath of of the Avengers and the alien race, the Shitori. So, you know, you're getting more character insight in, in these kind of ways. Uh, and then more of a real way with getting to the safe house and We're seeing, getting, seeing yeah. Hawkeye's family, which you didn't know that he had.
1: And again, that's why, like, you know, going back to my uh prediction about Hawkeye dying, you know, I feel doing things like this we're getting more of an emotional connection to him and like i said when it happens you're now sitting in the audience thinking how will his family react to this how will yes. this happen how will that happen yep and i feel like that's why that seed was planted so early because now you're just like wait a minute that movie i watched a few days ago during my rewatch didn't he have a family
0: oh Ish. so we can definitely say that the vision isn't gonna bite the dust because he was just born yesterday you never know. That's uh, true, too. I know. I
2: mean, Thanos pulls a stone out of his head. Is this where they're going to make him more android-like and less emotional? Which, that falls into the house of M, doesn't it?
1: I believe so, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And well, you... I'm actually surprised we haven't talked about the main thing about this movie. The guy who's in the title, yeah. Ultron.
0: Well, he's he's worth his due, but you started it off by saying the poopy cocky word, which is what the, how the movie starts with that word and then... Language, Eddie. Language. Well, it's Iron Man that says it. First, and then Cap says language, and from there it's downhill with with Cap being uh, ridiculed for that. But still, you you get in the beginning also Cap talking to Jarvis that we know for the first time. You know what are we looking at? And it was the Hydra research base, <laughs> and it was a striker saying uh, to to one of his men there, "Can we hold them?" And he, the guy's like, "They're the Avengers." You know, like die. there's yeah. no there's no way <laughs> we're we're doomed. So you're you're getting right into it as well as getting the Iron Legion brought in, which there's your AI, I guess, a little bit more. Coming into the fray, but I want to know if the people of Sokovia could uh, could speak English and understand why you know we are here to help. Please back away. This I'll, quadrant is unsafe.
1: I want to drift back over to talking about Ultron because obviously you know if you read the comics, it's a different origin for the character. He's created by who?
2: Well, Hank. It's actually the same origin, just a different creator. Yeah, it's Hank Pym creates him. Jarvis is actually the physical is physically a butler, and Ultron is Hank Pym's AI.
1: And what I find interesting was, you know, one of the things that they did heavily in the marketing and, and, you know, they would bring this up in the movie a lot with James Spader's Ultron is the references to Pinocchio. Now, (laughs) what did you guys feel about that when you first heard the,
0: ain't no strings on me? And hearing the Pinocchio one in the echoing back, there ain't no strings on me. It
1: was so creepy, but it works. Yeah. And, you know, what did you think about it?
0: It was definitely a reference to that, and it worked. Just, that's it. It added a different texture to it.
1: Would you say there could have been something else they could have referenced, or that was the thing that made sense? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Now, also going back to the character of Ultron in this movie, being played by James Spader... Could you have picked, if it was up to you guys, who would you have picked as the actor for Ultron? I think Spader nailed it. I thought he did a fantastic voice acting job.
0: I was going to say they may, may have augmented his voice a bit, slowed it down perhaps a little. And they could have done the same thing with somebody else who would more really speak in a higher range, pitch higher, I don't know.
1: I feel like Spader's voice in this is the equivalent of what Robert Downey Jr. would be if he was a creepy game show host. Because he has that cadence to him. He has that inflection, and yeah. it just works. Yeah. And I don't know. I, I think you couldn't have anybody else play that role and, you know, have that level of gravitas. And,
0: and know, his chilliness. level, his vocal level dis- does change in a couple of instances where he uh, he pitches up higher. He cuts off, he slams his hand down and cuts off Claw's left arm, and says, "Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sure that'll grow back. That, I'm sure that won't be won't be a problem." Or when Scarlet Witch sees what Ultron is actually up to, which is global destruction, and he and her brother decide to take a hike. Guys, wait! You know, whatever. He's like pleading, sort of. And it's out of his his character. Maybe he's trying to come across as being a little bit more h- human, if it, if you will.
1: What I kind of find funny about this is in this movie, we're introduced to Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch and they are led by this guy who's made out of metal. They're 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 his lackeys if you, you know, to an yeah, extent. Yeah. Yeah. And what who introduces them in the comics? A guy who can manipulate manipulate metals. So, okay. so
0: just it's the M thing. It, yes. I
1: think I think that was intentional just, you know,
0: to mm-hmm. do that. Mhm. There's a crash test Dummies reference. Okay.
1: And you can't have Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch without them being introduced as villains because you want to have that you know level of hey they're bad they are bad guys but you know what they're reformed they they, they yeah. like things
0: yeah that's just giving a good nod to how they came in because they were what they were bad they were part of the uh, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants I believe so
1: in yeah the really, X Men with yeah. ev- with everyone's favorite vel- everyone's favorite mutant the mastermind
2: the mastermind yes with his
1: creepy trench coat because I think yeah. That's all we need. if I lick your ankle.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, fine. He gives me the creeps. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. As Maria Hill said, he's fast and she's weird.
1: I think what we need, though, with this movie is it does fall off a cliff, like, towards the end of it to me. Because there's so much action. There's so many memorable scenes. Because regardless of anything, it does have memorable moments.
0: You know? It does. I mean, you know, other than trying to know if the Sokovians speak English with the with the Iron Legion, the next thing that I made note of was Tony references Veronica. Like, we're supposed to know who that is. I didn't from the beginning, so it was a name drop. I don't, I'm not sure who it refers back to. And the fact that it can be summoned. Betty's friend. Betty's friend, of course. Why don't we go into the Archie universe?
1: The Archie Cinematic
0: Universe. Oh, the ACU. Phase one. Oh. Moose. Moose and Jughead, while we're at it. But you know the fact that Veronica is orbiting in space and is able to be summoned down within seconds—it's kind of uh, amazing. But how you—you you know how you do that? You make it work in the in the movie, and you move you move right along. And then there's the memorable keep quote. moving forward. Keep that's a Rocky thing yes. or something. Okay, that's fine. And and uh, I see a suit of armor around the world. It was the Black Knight. That's exactly right. Boom! You looking for this? Mm-hmm. I'm going with the Black Knight from Marvel, <laughs> not Martin Lawrence. <laughs> That's fine by me. Because <laughs> he, uh, he was in Avenger too for a while.
1: Reminder, Martin was released in 1992. A nation celebrated.
0: <laughs> a nation celebrated.
1: Okay. 1997, Martin was canceled. A nation mourns.
0: Do we want to get into the Stanley cameo now?
1: I would say definitely, yeah, because... So... If we're ranking our Stan, Stan cameos at this point, of, you know, from Iron Man all the way to this, this is my favorite one. Just Stan getting his face going, Hechelchior.
0: <laughs> is he being carried away? Come on, Blondie, stop trying to scare us. We've been through worse with this World War Two veteran hat on.
1: And I, you know, out of all of his cameos, this is his best acted one, too.
0: You know what? When I watch the scene and he's being carried by two other people and he's slurring, a hey, you've got <laughs> one other vet slumped over the bar, sitting sitting at the bar. There's one guy who you would think, because he's behind the bar, would have been the bartender. But it looks like another vet. He's standing. He's got his hand up as if he's got a drink in his hand and an open mouth grin, just like frozen there. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. What? He did, you know, did this elixir have that much of an effect on that he just can't move now? Maybe, but just a a back visual that I happen to catch.
1: I would say, just that that cameo of Stans is one of the best. And when you really think about it, what you know could be better than that,
0: you know? You put him in roles that are appropriate. That you know, short time that he's there, but he's there, and that's what makes them makes them great. I think in most, if not all cases, you know.
1: What is your favorite Stanley cameo you've seen, not just in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but, you know, the X-Men movies, Ever. the Fantastic Four, cartoons, anything?
2: I would say the two in the Fantastic Four are the best.
1: Where he plays the mailman, Lumpy, something? Yeah,
2: Actually, he says that was his favorite because he got to play one of his own characters. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And then when he gets turned down at the wedding. On the guest list. On the guest list. That, yeah. That's... No, it's me, yeah. Yes, I thought that was a good one.
0: That was very good, yeah, yeah.
1: And if I remember correctly, the uh, Guardians Volume 2 cameo he has, where he's talking to the Watchers.
2: Yes. Correct me yes. if I'm wrong,
1: but wasn't it originally intended he would reference Deadpool as well? Like he was I like, I was a oh, DJ. Really? Oh,
2: jeez. Okay. I don't,
0: I don't know. He's, he's
2: actually got the two cameos with the Watchers. In... Yes. In... But I don't remember. <laughs> you know what? That, that would
0: then, I think, make it st- the longest Stanley on camera, you know, cameo. No, two, if he if he had scenes. the two scenes, yeah.
1: Stan's longest cameo was, I believe, Amazing Spider-Man with the uh, library fight. Oh, with the he l- was on there for a
2: while. Yeah.
0: That After was. He's listening to, yeah, he he to, listen to the music, filing books. You know, strumming, maybe being a, a a conductor, maybe a maestro. Yeah, that,
2: was, that was a good scene, too.
0: And everything's going on behind him. Well, you want to get the battle scene going on, even though it's to an operatic kind of a or whatever uplifting song, but. Yeah, then that would possibly be up there as well, the longest one, sure.
1: Now what I wanna know is when we're incorporating Ultron as a villain in this, off mic, Frank, you were very vocal about the portrayal of Ultron in this. And I want, you know, you to tell the audience like why you felt this version of Ultron maybe didn't, you know, satisfy your fandom of the character.
2: Well, I mean from what I remember reading the comic, Ultron is a powerful villain. And just watching the scene now, he just handled Captain America, Scarlet Witch, Quicksilver, Hawkeye, and Black Widow all at one time by himself. So other than the whole captain to be here, him by himself should be able to hold off the whole Avengers. Not have to have an army of yeah. Ultra- Ultrons, like you got a bunch of Chitaris running around and let's let's just it's like the Matrix. where finally agent, you know, the agent's there, and now Neil's just fighting a thousand of them because some guy at his CGI board just <laughs> had a tick going on. They got to keep replaying something.
1: <laughs> oh, I like that scene. I like that scene. Yeah,
2: let me keep going. Oh look, look there's a whole bunch of robots falling down on him.
0: <laughs> you know, point taken. You know, uh, I want to watch
1: that movie. Just him, like just Iron Man underneath like a stack of robots. I'm coming.
2: I mean, honestly, the way they played the movie, why didn't just Tony Stark make a whole bunch more Iron Man and then them and old could just fight the old? No, time. because in Iron the Man Three, just could watch, what, eat popcorn and just watch what's going on.
0: He blew him up. It was Christmas. This the clean slate protocol. Protocol. Excuse me. Yeah, but he's Tony Stank. He can do this. Uh, yes, he can. He's a mechanic. He can just build something.
1: But then again, Rocket Raccoon's a better mechanic than he is. Oh. Let's just be
0: honest. With okay, you. now there's the correlation. Okay, yeah. I didn't get it right away. All right. slowing the uptake again. Way to go, Wilson. This raccoon is better than I am? Uh. That's
1: that's what we're going to see. And I, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel... We're going to have a build-off. I feel out of all the villains, Ultron is the most menacing, you know, until we get to Thanos, you know, to the Grimace. But... I would say he fails towards the end. Obviously, he's going to fail because that's how, you know, you defeat a villain. But I would go with the sense of it's stupid mistakes that he makes. And Mm. for something as smart as he is, he shouldn't be making those. And that's where the fault lies with the character.
0: Yeah. Yeah, point taken. It's true.
1: And also in this movie, you know, speaking of robots, we end up getting the vision. And the vision, you know, comes to fruition through the Jarvis program, you know, after getting like his stuff messed up with, you know, Ultron, you know, his creation. We get, you know, a, a physical personification of Jarvis through the vision. Yeah. What did you guys think of the creative decision to change Jarvis from a butler to a robot? Uh, uh, well, you
0: know what? Right from the first Iron Man movie, you've got that happening, and you have, you're have you kind of having to accept Jarvis as that. So it works for then It just perpetuate it keep it coming through kind of thing. You're not sure, just like they are not sure what kind of creation this is going to be when he comes out of the cradle as to wondering if he is a child of Ultron or he's not Jarvis, he's not Ultron. He's something else.
1: And right now he's on the screen, the vision, and he's naked. So he's just flying.
0: He's flying through a window, he's red. And...
1: Frank, what did you think about the decision to do the vision the way he was in this film?
2: I think they, it was an easier way out, I think. Because, okay, which two original Avengers are not in the Avengers?
1: In the Avengers movie? Right yes. now, Ant-Man.
2: And Wasp were both Ant-Man and Avengers. Wasp, yes. So they've been, they were, I don't know, because they were phase two, so they had to rework the whole system of how Jarvis was going to be portrayed versus... Ultron versus The Vision. I don't know that. I mean, think about this. This is Disney running a studio. they got a think tank going on of what's going to appeal to the most people, the easiest, most effective way, so we don't have to have 100 origin stories. Yeah,
0: most cost-efficient, too.
2: Cost-efficient. And honestly, they probably sit and listen to all these fan-based things and things like, oh, what do all these fans want? Let's see what we can follow with. I mean, you're talking a company that has massive amount of research involved in something. Yep. yep. I mean, you think about, you got people who are true to the comic. You got people true to the movie. And then you got people true to a video game. <laughs> and you got people true to cartoon. Yeah. I mean, Harlequin is a perfect example. She was never in a comic until she was on a cartoon. And now she is the hottest item DC has.
1: Yep. That's a very bold statement, but it's so true. Like, the Harley is, you know, I know Harley cosplayers, I know Harley fangirls, I know Harley fanboys, I know people and who love the character. she started in a comic. Right, she started in the Batman animated series. Right. And to see that, you know, character impact is pretty impressive.
2: Yes. So you have a multiple layer of, you know, it's hard to say who's deciding what's going to happen, so... As a marketing team is trying to figure out the best play, they're probably watching everything.
1: Yep. And one of the things about this movie that was also very notable was this was the, I believe, second time a director from the first one returned to do this with Joss Whedon. And one of the major complaints about Joss Whedon is he's very quippy with his writing. He'll have, you know, a very, like, a scene where everyone's standing and talking, much like right now is going on on the TV, and a humorous line will come up, And you'll hear the complaint, "Oh, that doesn't happen in real life." People make jokes. People make jokes a lot. That's right. I make jokes a lot. I make dick and fart jokes. They're fun, but and it's a big but. There is sometimes they stink. They do. Oh, oh, my jokes are terrible. But what I think is interesting is you know the complaint of he did this again. He did this again. Do you feel kind of replicating that style that made Avengers One work hindered? this movie because everyone was expecting something new something grand and big and instead we kind of got the same thing but it still it didn't do the proper dismount you know
0: you're gonna get similar stuff because it worked in the first one and it but it was similar but different and that should make some kind of sense you got a bigger iron man to fight the hulk not that the hulk couldn't rip it apart and totally trash gazillions of dollars in this in this big suit that's a lot of money eddie that sure is like it's off the scale it's off the charts but it's not even a word
2: <laughs> Remember in the first avengers hulk just ripped the mask right off iron man and didn't even have a problem with it oh he did yes when, when tony stark falls and he lands the hulk catches him and they want to know if he's alive so he just pulls the mask right off him
0: i think thor did that actually Hulk yeah, saved Hulk it. saved him, brought him down, rolled Four, him over onto the floor. And Thor tore okay. off the front, yeah, the faceplate. So um obviously it's But then But better but that but then, then then Hulk roared and and woke him up, <laughs> which is kind of It had it definitely had emotion to it and an impact for for damn sure, you know. But I like some of the other little references too. Like you said about joking when they're getting ready to face Ultron, Stark is talking to either Thor or Cap, and Vision passes by in the background. Yeah, he hates you the most, referring to, to Stark, so you better be ready. Another little nod, which was good in a comic book way, was that after the Stan Lee cameo, a little bit of dialogue between Cap and Banner about the romance possibility with Widow. And then Pap says, hey, look, nobody's breaking any bylaws here. Well, in the outfit of the Avengers, there are bylaws, and there's a charter, which I have represented here in the basement of comics. So, no,
1: Eddie, it's a Marvel Manor. Get
0: it uh, right. I know. I just don't think I'm worthy of the Manor no, title. No, it's a Marvel Manor. It's okay. a Marvelous Marvel Manor. <laughs> the Marvelous Manor. Okay, it's fine.
1: But one thing also that, you know, with the humor in the movie that I really enjoyed the most was during the Hulkbuster fight, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep, go to sleep. Yes. I
0: love that scene. Yes, it's... with the pile driver scene, exactly, and getting the pieces of Veronica to replace the, the arm that got a pole through it. And, and, kind of, and the other humorous part I loved was trying to be worthy of lifting the hammer. Now, did he or not budget Captain America? It looked like he did. Yeah. And to the point of Thor being worried about it. Frank, what do you think? Do you think out
1: of everyone, the most worthy of all the Avengers is Cap?
2: Supposedly he's the most worthy. He's supposed to be the embodiment of the American spirit and have all purity. If
1: you cut him, apple pie comes out.
2: Yeah. But (laughs) I don't know how the vision picks it up. Is, Is he that...
1: I would say it's a computer program that has no faults to it. So, nothing, yep. you know, he doesn't have, you know, a conscience because he doesn't need one. He doesn't do bad. He doesn't he do good.
2: Moral. He, you know, there's no moral right or wrong. Everything is just, a con- there's no conflict it's,
1: in it. It's just yeah. zeros and ones, man. It's just zeros yeah, that's and ones. Right. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I feel he is able to lift it. He's nothing. So nothing can lift something. That's like the equivalent of, you know, when you go into a forest and... The tree falls, and
0: if you're not there, does it make a sound?
1: Sure, I screwed the whole and nothing. Up.
0: Nothing from nothing leaves nothing. Billy Preston, you gotta have something if you want to be with me. How you
1: about don't have to be rich to be my girl? You don't How... have to be cool to rule my world. Wow. I just need your extra time and your kiss. Yeah,
0: I know. <laughs> How about Banner trying to say Wakanda?
1: I love the. Subtle references to the future of the Marvel Cinematic Universe by bringing in Wakanda, and I completely forgot Claw was in this movie. So when I see him show up, yeah, because I haven't seen this movie since 2015. (sighs) So when I see Claw show up, I'm just like, Wait, wait, yeah, is that the same guy? Yeah. And then I see him get his arm cut off. I'm like, "Yep, yeah, that's this. I know that guy. I you know, know that ha- arm."
0: They have a discrepancy against left-handed people. I think because Claude gets his left arm off, and Bucky gets his left arm cut off. So I don't know well, what's Dr. The- What about the lizard? If it isn't right, it isn't right. There so, you go. Just saying. Mm-hmm, yeah. And how Ultron says, "I can't physically throw up at my mouth right now," but when he's talking about Captain Avenger being God's righteous man,
1: Captain Avenger.
0: Pretend, did I say Captain Avenger? I'm looking at my Hero at Large poster with John Ritter. Captain <laughs> Avenger. That's my segue. That's right. Captain America, God's righteous man, pretending you can live without a war. And the thing about him as a character, Ultron, is
1: how strong he is at making the dissension in the group. Because that's one of the things about the Avengers that's great. They argue. They fight. They're not a perfect team. And he's the biggest example of it. He's trying to you know, get people to turn against each other.
2: Well, that's what Loki did in the first one.
1: Exactly. And I feel going over to Infinity War for a second, how will Thanos be the one that turns everyone against each other? Will he be the one that does that? Or is it already going to be a pre-existing thing because of the end aftermath of civil war? He doesn't need to do anything, but he's what makes everyone come back together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be something that's going to unfold. We'll have to yeah, see how that goes.
1: Now, one of the major characters that, you know, this is, I believe, the last time we see him for a while until, supposedly, Captain Marvel in 20-whatever, we saw Nick Fury, and he made his, you know, most recent appearance. He hasn't been seen in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He's on all those milk cartons. He's been, you know, missing for the past three years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you see him. He's in the shed because he was asked, Tony was asked to go fix the uh, John Deere tractor.
1: And... I think the idea of using Nick Fury in this was a good choice. And it's also, he's what caused the Avengers to come together, kind of. Obviously, other than Coulson, because Coulson's quote-unquote dead. Yeah. But the idea of utilizing Nick Fury, it was smart. It was smart to bring him in and have him be, you know, one of the main linchpins of this whole story,
0: you know? The grease that keeps the wheels turning, perhaps, yeah.
1: And then also another thing about this movie that, you know, I really dug was the story of an initial dislike to adoration between Hawkeye and Quicksilver. You see that, and, you know, it was essentially just a game of one-upsmanship the entire yes. time. And then right at the end, he earned Hawkeye's respect because he sacrificed his life for him.
0: Yeah, they're definitely a developing relationship that goes from, you know, opposites. Well, or dead now. Yeah, well, it's a posthumous relationship now. Exactly. But another reference, too, to make you think about something is when the Scarlet Witch says that uh, Ultron can't tell the difference between saving the world and destroying it. Where do you think he gets that? I guess that harkens back to... uh, Internet?
2: To Standard standard AI procedures. Humans (laughs) are fallible. We must create. iRobot, Matrix. How many more movies do you need to see that as the theory of this thought the same as Ultron and yeah I, I, I sees human fallibility and then they want to eradicate
0: it Ultron destroys another version of Ultron and apparently grows in size where when Iron Man sees him and says "Oh, you been juicing you know
1: one thing I noticed about the Ultron's that he builds you know the drones and everything that I kind of found really cool is if you look at the face it kind of looks more like the comic book version of Ultron right down to the eyes
0: Yes and and the that. and then the mouth structure the the cheek where the cheekbones might be kind of thing yes it's it's well, pretty good see, like that. He's
2: changed a lot in the comic wasn't the first Ultron look like those things from Doctor Who the first Ultron's like a little thing that runs <sighs> around.
1: I always think of them as the uh, Mousers from Ninja Turtles the little yeah. uh, those things cuz
2: That's the first Ultron look like that cuz he's what an Ultron 9 or something now.
0: I think so. yes okay right yeah. right. Mhm.
2: Boy, they
1: just keep upgrading these things. Technology well, keeps going faster and faster. Well,
2: Tony Stark upgrades, what? He's on, what, Model 8 now or something, Iron Man?
1: Frank, how many times have you had to trade in your Ultron? It's the worst, yes. isn't it? You know, every year they have to make a new one, and I go to my <laughs> Verizon place, and they're like, listen, you need to sign a new contract for your Ultron. I'm like, I just got the thing.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. So what I'm getting at is buy Apple. So.
0: How are you now? Okay. You know, I don't know, uh, maybe I'm missing part of the the Sokovia thing where, yes, it starts going up in the air and, you know, higher it goes, the worse it's going to be for all of humankind and and humanity. But it's got a a vibranium core. Where'd all that come from? Wakanda? Internet? That's (laughs) yeah. Where's
2: where's the other place of vibranium is always... Actually, the stronger vibranium is from.
0: The stronger vibranium?
2: Yep. Savage Land is what creates the Savage Land.
0: The Savage Land... So,
1: people have made... Com- somebody made a comment to me about a character getting eaten by a dinosaur in the new movie. Are we going to see the Savage Land in this upcoming one? I don't know. Because Savage Land seems like something that... I wouldn't expect, but... <laughs> seems like a good idea. Wow. That's... Like, I, I would say... You know what? Just screw it. It'd be hilarious if all of a sudden you just see Peter Dinklage show up in a cloth and he's... Cause, uh, oh, no. Khazar. Yeah, okay. Just why not?
0: He'd be, he'd be better off riding Zebu. As a sidekick, possibly. He accidentally gets eaten by Zebu. Accidentally. That's that's great. I You know, I like the symbiotic sort of relationship that you feel, or you see when Quicksilver does get hit with half a dozen bullets or shots from the ship that Ultron is piloting, and you see the Scarlet Witch, quote-unquote, feel it.
2: Is that from being a twin? I would imagine connected? that's
0: that's the idea. I, I go to Star Wars for that. Wonder Twin Powers activate. Without even touching those purple knuckle fists together, right?
1: Now I have to ask,
0: who got shot more? Quicksilver or Uncle Ben? Quicksilver.
2: Which Uncle Ben, all the Uncle Bens <laughs> <Yes>. together?
0: That's <laughs> if you combine, see, you know. You got
2: that's what I'm saying. That's-
0: separate entities. You're trying to be funny, I know. And then the other, if you didn't know the comic, you wouldn't get the part where what's left of Segovia is being destroyed, the floating island, and Vision flies in to save Wanda. And you just take it as such. But if you know the comic, you know that there was a relationship that built, they made a little limited series about it, 12 issues, and and I think they got married, even. So Vision and the Scarlet Witch, yeah, an item, for sure.
2: Isn't that not in the Infinity War trailer? They're actually, they're right face-to-face with each other? In the trailer for the Infinity War... First? The first one. The first oh one, yes, Scarlet Witch's holding, got her hand on his face.
0: Okay,
1: it's such a bold decision to do some of this stuff in the sense that you know, how far can you deviate from the original material and still keep it the way it is? And I mean, personally, one of the things I'm looking forward to talking about with the relationship between Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver, between Scarlet Witch and the Vision, is is Scarlet Witch responsible for Vision's wardrobe in Civil War? With that really stupid sweater he wore,
0: <laughs> it's more domesticating you're him. You're in a relationship. The partner you
1: know, will pick clothing for you, and yes, I think
0: right. I
2: think he's got terrible taste.
0: Maybe with birds on it. In fact, or you didn't see that that part of the wardrobe.
2: Well, as we were talking before, as I'm watching Hawkeye here, Hawkeye don't have his big headpiece on either, like he wears in the comic. So Scarlet no. Witch is not the only one who lost her headpiece.
1: Would you say the idea of changing Hawkeye to more of you know a tactical combat kind of character is a major benefit? compared to what he used to be. I feel that's a lot better. You don't need the headpiece. You don't need this. You don't need that. Just simple guy, archer, boom, you're done. And let's be real, it makes cosplayers, you know, a lot easier for them.
0: Some get ornate and really, really crazy with that. But yeah, in a good way.
1: But I would say, yeah, just... You want to get down to the nitty, nitty-gritty of the episode? Just, I think we, the...
0: we uh, almost finish up with with just getting now a hint or a glimpse at what's to come with Civil War in the sense that you now see that, as Cap says, they're not the 27 Yankees, but you see this lineup, this new team of Avengers, which is, in order of appearance, War Machine, Vision, Falcon, and Scarlet Witch, that Cap and Black Widow are going to you know whip into shape. And just ending the movie where Cap says, Avengers... And as he's about to say, I think the word assemble... I was hoping you'd say asshole. <laughs> you would, wouldn't you? It ends, for now. But the Avengers will return, in the final credits saying. You also do not have... You have one mid-credits scene, with the, in darkness, but Thanos going for the Infinity Glove, saying, fine, I'll do it myself. I'll do it myself. And nothing at the very end.
1: Personally, I feel that, actually, you know what Captain America was trying to say? Avengers... Applesauce. Because he just really loves applesauce. And, you know, it's it's very American. It's all American like he is, so there you go. So also, when it came to that scene of the big reveal of the new quote-unquote Avengers, I would say what I like about it the most is the idea that we didn't know, oh, the next Avengers movie that happens, we're not going to see this original lineup anymore. We're going to see, you know, these new Avengers. And it's going to be Avengers 3, the new blood or whatever. I don't know. Jason goes <laughs> to Manhattan. I don't care. But... Yeah, I just, I feel it was a bold decision. So now, guys, what we are going to do is our overall review of what we thought of the movie, and for myself, Age of Ultron is a movie where it's not perfect, but during my initial viewings of this, the first two times I saw it back in 2015, I had gone on, oh, it surpassed the original Avengers movie. It was a great movie. I really loved it. Great character dynamics. But the problem is, the movie kind of falls off a cliff towards the three-quarter mark of it. And I feel it's just not perfect, you know? And it does have elements where there's humor, where there's a great cast dynamic, but it's just not 100%, you know?
0: Yeah, I get that. I can see that, sure.
1: And it's still a great movie to watch to me and it's not as bad as everyone makes it out to be like they i've always heard the complaints are incredible hulk iron man 2 iron man 3 what else thor the dark world and avengers age of ultron i am one of those i feel this movie should not be in that listing but out of all of these it is the out of all those it is the strongest but out of all of the avengers movies we've seen so far and i kind of you know kind of consider civil war part of it
0: this is the weakest. The strongest one there is, Hulk.
1: Damn right. So if I had to give this movie a rating, I would give it a 4 out of 5. Not the greatest, but still very good for what it's trying to be. Yes. Eddie, yourself?
0: I gave it a 4.25. After looking at the others, the other 10 movies that we saw prior to this, and tried to... Uh, Hash it out but but overall thinking of it the characters came together there was further development and fleshing out of the stories yes it did fall short and maybe could have condensed a few minutes thereabouts getting towards the three-quarter or towards the end mark to make it a little bit shorter but it wasn't where i was looking at my watch to right. see when it was or how it was going to end but i think four and a quarter four and a quarter is a pretty decent ranking for this out of five frank yourself
2: I'll give it a three three point five because I like the character development of the Avengers, but Ultron was definitely underplayed and the whole end scene kind of just like they dragged it dragged it out longer than it had to be.
1: Right. I feel yeah, as you know, you said, you know, you're a fan of the character, so to undersell the character does it a great injustice, you know? Now what we're gonna do right now is our overall ranking, Eddie. I like your version of how you do the ranking. You can kind of do it like a pyramid style. Like It's very yeah. you know, sectioned off, and it I is. like that. It's not a
0: food pyramid, but it kind of works. It's not Egyptian either, so you're not going to sweat your nads off.
1: But it's shaped like a pizza.
0: Yeah, it's, it makes a good Friday night lunch, actually, or dinner.
1: So now, Eddie, you go with yours first, and then I will go into mine.
0: All right, well, at the top, with a four-way tie, it looks like, with a ranking of five are Iron Man, The Avengers, Captain America, The Winter Soldier, and Guardians of the Galaxy. With a ranking of 4.75, or 4 and a 3 quarter, would be Thor and Captain America the First Avenger. Dropping now to a 4.5, going solely to Iron Man 2, and then at 4.25 would be Iron Man 3 and Avengers Age of Ultron. Jumping down a little further now to a ranking of 4, The Incredible Hulk, and rounding out the bottom with a 3.5. Thor the Dark World.
1: So now, in regards to my ranking, I gotta go number 11, Thor the Dark World, number 10, Iron Man 3, number 9, Incredible Hulk, number 8, Iron Man 2, number 7, Captain America the First Avenger, or the First Avenger if you're in another country, number 6, Avengers Age of Ultron, number 5, Avengers, or Avengers Assemble if you're in another country, number 4, Thor, number 3, Iron Man, or Iron Man, number 2, Captain America the Winter Soldier, and finally, number one, guardians of the galaxy, so
0: yeah, that's all she wrote
1: since we don't have enough time to be able to do a longer one, you know because of you know we'd have to like set it up and everything Frank, what is your top three at this point up to this movie, what was your top three
2: up to this movie I' go with Avengers, Captain America and Iron Man, the first Iron Man
1: I can see that those are yeah they were. The best ones of what they could do with those, too, right. you know?
2: With an origin story, they were the best worked ones.
0: And the first cap you like? First cap, yeah. Okay.
1: So now, guys, before we go, let's get into these social media plug skis. Frank, you don't have Facebook or Twitter or any of that stuff. So we can
0: send you smoke signals, though, right? Maybe. Carrier maybe pigeon?
2: Maybe.
0: Telegraph. Pony express? Ooh, I... Candygram. Candygram from Mongo. Candygram from Mongo. Mongo like Candy.
1: Anyway, so you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com
0: slash... The Marvelous. You can find us on
1: Twitter at...
0: The Marvelists. You can find myself
1: on Twitter at Peter Melnick, yourself...
0: At ewilson959. You can find
1: us on Instagram at... The Marvelists. You can email us... Em, emu, <laughs> Email? Yes, you can email... No, uh, the Marvelists. At gmail.com. You can also... Find us at your local library. Be sure to ask your local librarian and say, Hello, I would like to listen to Marvelous. And they'll be like, We don't know what you're talking about. Get out, you crazy homeless man. But <laughs> you can also find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher Radio, available for all iOS and Android devices. And when you're on iTunes, by the way, back to that. Rate, review, and subscribe. Five star if you're ever so inclined. But with Stitcher, you can also go to stitcher.com premium. And help support the show by using the promo code MARVELISTS. And you'll get a free one month subscription. And, like I said, you'll help support the show. And you get to listen to Wolverine The Long Night.
0: Just find us, please. So, for Peter Melnick, I'm Peter Melnick. Frank
2: Rook.
0: And I'm Eddie Wilson. Excelsior.